Uh, Alec Baldwin had contacted me. He wanted to build sets for a movie then called uh, The Devil and Daniel Webster. They've since changed it to, I think it's a shortcut to a happy life, but he had this huge film. He needed a studio. He couldn't afford a studio. What could we do for him? That is Deborah Markowitz, founder and longtime commissioner of the Nassau County Film Office, telling the humble backstory of Nassau's now thriving film and television production industry. And it's just one of the plot-twisting dramatic reveals on this Hollywood-flavored episode of Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast. And action. This is Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast, featuring up-close conversations with the inventors, investors, executives, and entrepreneurs fueling the dynamic Long Island innovation economy. Spark is a production of Innovate Long Island, the home of exceptional thought in Nassau and Suffolk and beyond. Today's episode is made possible by the generous support of Brand Story Casting by Communications Strategy Group. A long time ago in this very galaxy, Deborah Markowitz created the Nassau County Film Office, just the start of her 33-year tenure as Nassau Film Commissioner, during which she helped build the county into New York's second busiest location for film and TV production behind Manhattan. With Hollywood-grade production facilities like Gold Coast Studios and Grumman Studios, and a rich selection of scenic locales like coastal mansions and beautiful beaches, Nassau has lots to offer filmmakers, and filmmakers have lots to offer regional socioeconomics. With Deborah in the director's chair, film production grew to a $169 million annual economic driver for Nassau, with county businesses of all shapes and sizes in juicy supporting roles. During her decades in office and as vice president of the Long Island Film TV Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to promoting Long Island movie making, Deborah has rubbed elbows with many A-list filmmakers and movie stars, and it's rubbed off. Now retired from the Nassau County Film Office, its founder is taking that director's chair thing literally, writing, producing, and directing her own feature films. Deborah Markowitz, you are a living innovation biopic, and we are thrilled to have you on the show. Welcome. Thank you, Gregory. I'm excited to be here. All right, let's go right back to the beginning. Scene one, take one. How did you come to found the Nassau County Film Office? At the time, I was working as a special assistant to the then county executive, who was Thomas Galata. Um, got to do some cool things, got to start the senior citizen discount program, got to uh, work on some legislation. Um, but I found that I'm somebody who really likes to be busy all the time. So I started looking around the county to see what, you know, what might be available. And I found a department called Commerce and Industry. Mm-hmm. So since I had a business management degree, but um, I had started out in theater and drama, um, I started looking about what they did. And I saw that they would do like two permits a year. And I said, well, what is this and why aren't we doing more with it? So mm-hmm. I put together a proposal and I went to the county executive and I said that we can be making a lot of money and getting a lot of press for Nassau County if we can put some time into this and, and make this, you know, make it a thing, mm-hmm. uh, a film commission. And uh, 
you know, he listened to what I had to say and he basically said, all right, you got six months. Don't embarrass me. And, um, <laughs> and so I, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure, but, um, you know, I got in there and, and first I started looking at all the locations the county owned that we could promote. And then I started finding out about, um, all the different villages and what they had and, and how they could get involved. And, um, it just, just took off. You know, I think we started with were people interested when you would go knock on doors or bring this up with people? Were they like, hey, that's cool? Yeah, they were. Some were, of course, very suspicious, like, I'm not letting these people in my house. And then I would explain, well, I don't personally vouch for anybody, but uh, this company's been around for X amount of years. I know the scout. And of course, the longer I was there, the more I got to know people. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is, it's a thing that happens. I told people to always do your due diligence, um, but that these companies have been around. Uh, make sure you have a contract. Uh, make sure that somebody's you know home or that you have somebody watching your location. Um, you know, you, you need to do everything possible to make have a, a smooth shoot but this is something that actually happens that you can make a lot of money at and if money is not an issue then maybe it's something that's just exciting to you so uh so tom galata obviously was on board now during your 33 years in the office uh, there were four different county executives in nassau uh did they all see film and tv production as an economic imperative Oh, absolutely. And it's um, not just the money that you make. Of course, that's extremely important, but it's the sexiness of it. Mm. You know, it shows the island in a good light. Um, it's always great to have. It was you know, a sexy um, imperative. Nice. Yeah. Well, if you know, it's nice to get a picture with Al Pacino or Robert De Niro or Anthony Hopkins, my personal favorite. Um, and um, all the actors and directors that have been out here. Taylor Hackford has been out here. Um, oh, they shot the God, some of the Godfather movies out here, uh, which was very exciting. Um, you know, I met Whoopi Goldberg and I met um, Elizabeth Hurley. And um, I mean, the list of, of celebrities will go on. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's very exciting and it's exciting for the area. Now, uh, obviously, other people agree with that because major studios have, have risen in Bethpage, uh, Grumman Studios and Gold Coast Studios. How did those come to be? Uh, that was one of my dreams I always wanted to see come true. When I first started, it seemed that there was aquaphobia. People did not want to drive over the bridge uh, to come to Long Island unless it was that much cheaper. Mm. And um, Grumman, we started with Grumman before it was a studio. Uh, Alec Baldwin had contacted me. He wanted to build sets for a movie then called uh, The Devil and Daniel Webster. They've since changed it to, I think it's a shortcut to a happy life. But he had this huge film. He needed a studio. He couldn't afford a studio. What could we do for him? So I met with uh, County Executive Galata and uh, a bunch of other people. And we said, well, what can we do to make this happen? Because uh, the, the um, county had a, a part in Grumman. I believe it was the Navy had a part in Grumman. Everybody had a, a part in Grumman. So we needed all of those approvals. And we ended up getting them all. So um, we agreed to rent uh, the, uh, the, the space at Grumman for, I believe it was like six months. It might have even been mm. a year. Uh, but we agreed to rent that to them. They would pay X amount a month. And they would also pay all the expenses um, of, of running the place while they were there. So no one would lose anything. We'd make a few bucks and we'd make a name for ourselves. 
And that was, uh, well, was this to, was this the first six months or a year or was this just meant to be a one-on thing? This was kind of going thing? to be a one-on thing. Alec had wanted to actually rent uh, the place and, and then the county would get a portion of it, uh, of whatever he brought in. And, and uh, that, that didn't end up happening um, because there were just so many um, entities that had their hands in this. And it was just very difficult, you know, to get like a direct kind of answer for that type of thing. Uh, mm. But once that finished... Uh, the next thing came out was um, Angelina Jolie's uh, movie Salt. And they also wanted to shoot at um, a big studio. We managed to get them in Grumman. And um, once that happened, the person who owned it, uh, Parvis Farzad, said that, uh, you know, maybe I can make money at this, you know. Uh-huh, so right. he was turning that to a stu- uh, studio. We had Gold Coast. Gold Coast actually stepped in first. Um, and they became the first studio. I remember sitting down with the people that run it. And, um, you know, they were asking my, you know, me my impression. Can we make money doing this? And I said, look, it's always going to be. Um, it's always going to be the issue with people want to stay closer to the city, but as filming increases, they're going to have to come out here. So, so the more film friendly you can be, and as long as there's no strike, because if there's a strike, all, you know, all bets are off, um, but they were willing to do it. And they had Pan Am, I think was their first, um, was their first project there, either that or man on a ledge, but within two weeks they had their first major motion picture and, um, and it just kept going. That's a good sign. Yeah. And so they were the first one designated as a studio and, um, gold coast was, yeah. And they, they were so film friendly that I think it was man on a ledge that wanted them to actually cut part of the roof away so they could expand their set. And they're like, okay, (laughs) so we're, We just yeah. built it. But, We're a construction yeah. company. We can put that hole there. We can put it back. We can do whatever. And uh, that was Mel Gibson, um, right? And no, it was uh, Sam Worthington, Man on a Lip. Sam Worthington. Yeah, you're thinking Man on a Wire, but yeah. um, or Bird on a Wire. Yeah. Yeah, Bird on a Wire. One of those. So, so they were just, uh, you know, so film friendly. And then, so now we have Gold Coast Studios, and then we had Grumman Studios. Um, now there's a, a new studio um, in Port Washington also run by uh, uh, Parvis Farazad. And uh, so that's very exciting because it's even closer to the city itself. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, if you make the deal, um, what's going to happen is the city is likely going to fill up first, but then they have to come out here, you know, so it's very well. And now there are more production days on the books here than anywhere else in New York State except Manhattan, except the city itself. I, mm-hmm. I think there's some definite competition now. Um, but you know, for, for decades, you know, mm-hmm. wasn't even close, you know? So, so it was pretty awesome to, to be here during that time. Well, while all that's happening now in 2014, uh, you founded a startup in Belmore called intention films and media. Uh, you did that with your husband, John Marine, who is a well-known cinematographer and sound man, uh, what do you guys do there at Intention Films? Well, uh, first of all, we use Belmore as um, an ad- uh, our work address, but we actually live in Merrick. Um, but we, okay. we run the um, we co-run the Long Island International Film Expo going on its 24th year this August. And, and that is usually run out of the Belmore movies. Um, but uh, we're in Merrick. We basically run it out of our home. Um, we shoot on location. We have to, I have directed movies places other than Nassau County and worked for other directors other places. Mm. 
but um, my own filming, I prefer to be in Nassau County. It's where we're comfortable. We can go home at night, you know, with our t- t- with our rescue dog when we have to, and um, it's where most. So Intention of- Films is your own production house. Sure. Yeah, it's our own production company. And basically, I'm the writer and director, although I do work with other writers and directors. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, John, my husband, uh, he's a a cinematographer. He also does sound. He's also a great AD. That's an assistant director uh, who basically runs the set. He also is a COVID compliance officer. He's a certified COVID compliance officer. So he can work for larger projects or even smaller ones. So basically, I'm the writer and director, although I've uh, done casting and producing for other writers and directors. Uh, But John is everything else that I don't do. Um, He's a DP, which is a director of photography, a.k.a. the cinematographer. He's a great AD, which is the assistant director who basically makes sure the set's running on time. He's the one making sure everybody's uh, where they need to be for both our productions and and other people. He does sound on sets. Um, He's a COVID compliance officer, which is so necessary now. Um, And he's certified to make sure that, you know, the food's handled properly, people are distanced, uh, you know, whatever needs to be done, taking their temperatures. Uh, so, so he does everything on set that I don't do. So we do work together. We also work with other people uh, separately. Um, so it, it's a really cool partnership. So when I don't know how to do something, I just scream into the next office and he comes over <laughs> and, you know, or vice versa. And one cool thing is uh, about a year and a half ago, right before COVID, uh, he had an idea for film. And so he told me about it and I ended up writing it for him. Uh, and it's called Gem and the Photo Op. And so we did this little film in one day uh, starring um, uh, Jimmy Pravasilis, uh, who's an actor who does a lot of network TV. Uh, mm-hmm. And Diana Durango shot it in our house in one day and um, yeah, won some nice little awards. It's a little horror thriller piece. So that was fun. Uh, you filmed a horror thriller in your house. We did. It was great. Wow. And, uh, so you guys was- are, you're like the Coen brothers. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And I also got to direct... Mer- You're the Coen brothers of Merrick. That's exactly right. And I actually got to direct him in a movie. Um, I was uh, contacted by somebody who wrote a script, and I read it, and he said, look, I want you to direct it, and I really, really want John for the lead. And uh, <laughs> I'm like... Ah, okay, John had gone to the Yale School of Drama, um, though he was mostly in back of the camera. He also had acted. Uh-huh. And, uh, so um, we went upstate, and for two days, we shot this little horror film called Living Like Kings. And um, Anthony Labriola was the writer from Hicksville. And uh, we had a lot of fun, but we just haven't gotten it out yet because of COVID and they're re-editing it and whatnot. But it was yeah. a lot of fun. I imagine there are a lot of stories like that. Um, oh, yeah. Now, you're also involved with island-wide filmmaking uh, to an extent as vice president of uh, Long Island Film TV Foundation. Uh, First of all, is Suffolk making the scene, so to speak? Well, Suffolk is, um, it's, it's very different from NASA in, in many ways. The first being that it is not in the studio zone. So um, not only is NASA closer to the city, there are certain um, tax uh, incentives that we have that Suffolk has also, but we have mm-hmm. more. Um, mm-hmm. So they're not going to have the amount of filming we have, but they have things like um, other cultural events, like they have the Hamptons Film Festival, mm-hmm. which is 
the biggest film festival, you know, pretty much in New York. So, you know, they've got the cultural events. Um, and, and I think they, they used to be a great re-granting institution, which I'm assuming they probably are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we have had events. Uh, the Long Island Film and TV Foundation has had events in Suffolk as well. Um, I think we've had a couple of parties there in the past for the film festival. We um, on and off would run filmmakers connection meetings um, at Five Towns College and bring people from the industry together to meet and network. Um, and we've been doing those mostly online now because of COVID. Um, you know, so so there there are partners, so to speak. If we don't have what they need, and and Suffolk has it great, and and same thing with Suffolk. If somebody calls them, and and there's some locations they have, we just don't. We don't have the Hamptons, you know. Right. They do have that out there. Um, I'm sure we, I've seen the Hamptons in a movie. Oh, absolutely. Once. I'm yeah. sure of it. Without question. Now, uh, I know that uh, at your company and also uh, through the foundation big names have have passed through your office um would you say you met more movie stars through intention films and media or through the uh, film and tv foundation well i'm gonna say all of them and and probably most <laughs> through the film office um i mean working through the film office huh. you know alec baldwin when he was working on the devil and daniel webster he had um alec um well, Alec himself was in the movie, and also Anthony Hopkins White was lucky enough to meet twice. Um, he was on the set of the Daniel uh, Devil and Daniel Webster, and then when um, they came back to film, uh, I think it ended up being called uh, Bad Company with Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins was in that as well. Uh, they invited me to come down to set, and it was a blast. And I just I love that man. Nice Hopkins. guy. Oh, he's amazing. He's he wouldn't go. He wouldn't sit in his trailer for his meals. He wants to eat with everybody else. Oh, that's and, nice. Uh, I'm standing, you know, next to him online. He's telling me I must eat the Chilean sea bass because it's very expensive and it's ridiculous to turn it up. <laughs> did he say, come on, did he, you know what everyone, every listener, did he say fava beans? Did he say he wanted a nice candy with it? <laughs> no, he did not say that. <laughs> you don't think he's, I would imagine he would say that in every line, every buffet for the rest of his life. He's probably so tired of it. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, <laughs> but. And then um, our local person, I mean, Ralph Macchio, um, oh, I've helped uh, Ralph get in a, you know, a film or two. Um, he also, when he was looking to do his film called uh, Love Thy Love Thy, yeah, Love Thy Brother was the name of it. It was a short mm-hmm. film. Uh, it, it played at the um, Long Island International Film Expo. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was the director. Uh, he was a director and he wrote it. And he wrote and, it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he previewed a couple of his films out here at the film festival. And mm-hmm. definitely I got to write something for him uh, one day because I would totally love to work with him. Really nice guy. Uh, he's come to the film festival several times. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's been kind of cool. I think he and I go to the same butcher as a matter of fact. <laughs> ah, could be. I'm not going to name the butcher because I don't <laughs> want to cause a stir. But I'm pretty sure that Ralph Macchio and I go to the same butcher. Now, much like the Karate Kid, you write your own scripts, as you mentioned, and you direct your own projects, and you have some big projects in the works right now. Well, I have a couple of things in post-production right now. Um, uh, I should say that you've retired from the film office and that you've started your second career now, which is full-on filmmaking. 
And you have some big projects in the works right now. That all sounds good. I like all of that. Um, well, I'm currently in post-production on The Only Woman in the World, which is uh, the first feature film that I've directed. Um, and it's got a lot, a lot of local talent. Uh, Kieran Sheehan is from East Meadow. He was one of uh, Broadway's Phantom of the, uh, the Opera uh, stars. Also, uh, Chris Cardona, who's been on a lot of network TV. Bianca Jamat LaRue. Those are my three leads. But I also have Artie Pasquale from The Sopranos and Abigail Hawk from Blue Bloods is in it. Mm. Kevin Brown from Third Rock, um, oh, Brian O'Halloran, who was in all the Clerks movies with Kevin Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm probably forgetting somebody, but, um, you know, it's a cast of oh, way too many people. But, it, you know, there's a lot of scenes in it, you know. Yeah, so, when you're up at the podium accepting that little trophy, you're going to have to remember all the you know? names. <laughs> no, no, no. Consider this saying. practice, okay? I'm just going to say, all those folks that helped me. But so that's almost done. I'm going to say we're probably about a month away from completing that. And then I also am in on my third episode of a series called Couple of Guys, um, which stars uh, Lucas Hassel, who was just actually on the blacklist playing Van Dyke for, for a few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Sal Rendino from Billions. Abigail Hawk is in that, too. Um, in case you haven't noticed, I love to work with people I know. Um, Are any or all of these people uh, local to Long Island? Abigail is, um, uh, Lucas is from the city, Sal is from Yonkers. Um, so they're New Yorkers through and through. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody I've used is from New York. I think Artie is from New Jersey, Kieran's from New Jersey. Are uh, your characters written as sort of New Yorkers? They, um, Yeah, they all are. There's there's mm-hmm. one scene in The Only Woman in the World that takes place in France, but it's actually a bar in Massapequa. <laughs> uh, I, I had to work so hard to get an, an actor that had a genuine Italian accent because we had to make it look like Italy and somebody there had to speak Italian. And, and you had uh, to find all those little Budweiser signs. Those are not <laughs> easy to come by. <laughs> well, I, we did find somebody great. Domenico um, uh, Di Costanzo, I believe his name is. I'm probably getting it wrong. But anyway, he, he we got him and he was great. And he taught a couple of other actors how to say a couple of lines. So that was uh, was wonderful. Um, but most of most of it take place, place takes place on Long Island because you write about what you know. You write about what you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, um, while you're busy dressing up Long Island bars as French bars, I'm sure you'll have a unique answer for this one. Uh, Deborah, what is your definition of innovation? Okay. Innovation is either doing something different or doing something that's already been done, but differently. So it's, it's basically um, that spark that, that makes you do something that hasn't been done before. And is, did you feel that spark when you were helping these other professionals make their movies? Absolutely. Oh, I loved, I loved it. Um, I mean, I work with almost every TV show out there at one point or another, and we've made the impossible happen. And for a while there, you know, Nassau County became known as the place that if you can't find the impossible, go there. Or if you lose a set last minute, we'll find it for you. And, you know, as, as difficult as those things are, it's, it's the most rewarding. I would imagine for a time-pressed production crew, that's a great resource. Oh, yes, very much so. Is there anything particular in your new career that you look forward to most? Um, I have a lot of cool things coming up. The the things I have in post, um, I'm writing a uh, novel, actually. It's going to start as a novel, which I'll eventually write into a screenplay uh, called Damaged But Not Broken, which is a story I started, it's got to be 10 years ago, and Mm. something always 
got in the way. And I sat down and started to write it. And I said, I hate this whole beginning. And I cut it all out and, you know, started over from that page. And it's way better. Had I done it 10 years ago. That's not easy. That is not easy for a writer to do. Yeah, it's we not tend easy. to love our things and to cut off the entire first section because you think the story starts better here on page 40. That's not easy yeah. to do. And that happened with my third novel. I have a trilogy of novels called the Karmic Wind Trilogy, and it's um, uh, Nathan and the Rain, Saren Caleb, and then Karmic Wind. And the first two seemed to come out very easily, and, and then the third, I just, I just kept cutting out the first 30 pages, cutting them out again, cutting them out again. I finally came up with the idea of I had an incident that was really important in the middle of it. I started from the middle, easily wrote through the end. Then I was able to start it again and still cut out the first 30 pages. Wow. Uh, I let it sit for a while until probably a good year when things really started to, to gel with me. I'm like, okay, this is what it needs. And then I was able to go in and rewrite it. And then I'm very happy with it now. But That is an excellent insight into the creative process and one of the more unique writing approaches I think I've ever heard of. Um, Deborah, this is awesome. We could do this all day, but we can't do this all day. So before I let you go, we're going to do a little getting to know Deborah Markowitz. Uh, so you get to choose one of these two categories, my friend. Which is your favorite and why or word association? Oh, okay. Um, which is my favorite and why? Which is your favorite and why? Okay, we're going to start with the obvious. What's your favorite movie? Oh, I have so many. That's oh, not you got to pick one. That's right. This is live. <laughs> I the... pick one. Um, oh, God. Okay, I'm going to pick um, Made in Heaven. Made in Heaven. Yeah, I would like to ask a follow-up question, but I'm pretty sure I don't know that one. Um, it's it's um it was a sleeper movie way back, um, and and it really touched me very spiritually because it's a movie about um, this this gentleman played by Timothy Hutton. He dies trying to save some children um, from a drowning incident, and then um, while he's in heaven, he meets this woman who he falls in love with, who's a new soul. And um, basically, on her way down to Earth. Well, no, because the problem is. Well, she's let's not. Well, no spoilers here. No. Yeah, she's going down first. So you gotta watch the movie to find out what happens okay. to Timothy <laughs> Hutton's angelic girlfriend. Okay, well, who is your favorite director? That's a risky one. Ugh, that is a risky one. Um, I love Aaron Sorkin, and I know most people are gonna say, hey, "I love Aaron writing, Sorkin." But- I love Aaron Sorkin and, and uh, I love all his work. And, He's terrific uh, in everything he does. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So I'm going to say him, although I'm sure there's a million more. Okay. That's fair. Uh, all right. What's your favorite book? And no, you cannot say your own. No, my favorite book is uh, fortunes rocks uh, fortune. See the for- fortunes rocks and it's by Anita Shreve. And it's one of my absolutely most favorite books ever. And I try to get all my books on Kindle, but that one I had to have a hard copy of because I just had to it. hold it in your hand. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite genre of music? Oh, that's another one. I like everything. Um, oh, it depends on the day, but I am going to probably say, oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer, Deborah. What's your favorite type of foreign or exotic food? Um, I love uh, West Indian food. West Indian food. That's outstanding. Deborah Markowitz, thank you so much for joining us and being such a delightful guest. What a bunch of fun stories. Thank you for sharing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Greg. 
She is the former and uber-successful Nassau County Film Commissioner. I'm the editor over at InnovateLI.com, and this is Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast. Thank you, as always, to Innovate LI President Marlene McDonald, our man in the chair, Arthur Germain, and all the geniuses over at Brand Storycasting and the Communication Strategy Group. And of course, thank you, dear listener. Please tune in next time. For joining us at Spark, the Innovate Long Island podcast. To recommend a guest, contact us at editor at innovateli.com. Want to create your own podcast? Visit our sponsor, brandstorycasting.com forward slash innovate.